Okay, we're live. It is 2.04 a.m. on September 28th when we're taping this. I'm saying that because the way night's going, maybe by 4 a.m. the story will change again. I am here. Rob is here. I am here. It is 3 a.m. where I am, which is just the day starting for me. And what we know, the people who aren't here, aren't in CML anymore, are Dragon Lee, Rush, and Lobisi Little Ring, but no one cares about Lobisi Little Ring. Um, to if you have been not paying attention to the news and you had something better to do on Friday night because you're going to watch your anniversary later, a that was a good decision because the the pay per view did not work and that's something we're not even going to bring up. But b, Rush issued a statement with his father saying that he was quitting CML and going independent, and then about an hour later, CML issued a statement saying they were firing Rush and Drake late. They were releasing them for not keeping up with the standards of the programming department. Am I forgetting anything else? No, you basically got it right. That was the timeline was basically rushed won the title within I would say within twenty minutes that video was up on YouTube where he announced he was going independent mm-hmm. and that he would have more on his new YouTube channel that launches Monday. Yeah. And it was about ninety minutes after that, the classic case, if you've seen any romantic movie where the girl breaks up with the guy and the guy says, Well, you know what? I'm dumping you. And this was about ninety minutes later when CML basically said and was rightfully mocked by everybody for saying that they're firing Rush and Dragon Lee because mm-hmm. it looks terrible since Dragon or Rush basically quit already and Dragon Lee had nothing to do with it. And they never mentioned Bestia, who in the video also said he quit. Yeah. I, I think Bestia, we all understand he was only there because Rush was there. Rush is gone, so Bestia is gone anyways. Um, but Well, hold on. I mean, but, you know, one of the head programmers, the head programmer, mm-hmm. is Bestia's brother. Yeah. But, oh, sorry, cousin. My cousin. My bad. My bad. Yeah, cousin. But I, I think the, I think there's, I, I, I think it's not even an issue because it's the other two guys that everyone's worried about or thinking about. Um, it had been coming for a while. It seemingly definitely Rush with Dragon Lee. There had been talk of him leaving CML at some point soon, but it was not a certainty. Obviously, what we also know from Rush is that. As soon as he announced he was quitting, a line, a poster or an advertisement with him working the chaos show coming up that has AAA stars on it was announced. <laughs> he was also, which obviously this is like, if you've done with sports free agency, this is obviously something that's done way in advance and they had to wait till the deadline to announce it. Uh, and at the same time, they um, they also announced him for the crash, which shouldn't have been an issue because crash has seen people on that card anyways. But they announced him as Toro Blanco, which apparently is the name he's going to try to use outside of CML. Um, what that, do you think of all show, this? Well, that, that crash show was a combined show with MLW, mm-hmm. who was at the root of the problems with him in the first place, with him and ROH fighting for who he was going to work for, which is fascinating to me. But yes. the, the part of the, the part of the timeline we left off was the thing that happened just before we recorded, and you're probably better to explain what happened. Yeah, Dragon Lee posted a statement on Twitter that was a photo of a statement he also posted on Facebook in Long Review. He said that he does he gave his body to CML, he he gave his life to CML, he raised the name of CML and other companies, and this is how they this is how the egos of the promotion treat him in the end which is just uh, just a hard and bitter way to leave a company. He th- uh, he think uh, he said he was not leaving the company at this time. Only his brother and father were leaving, but he's pushed out of the door anyways and he thinks Francisco Alonso, Paco Alonso and that's the only person he thinks. 
Um, it's obviously, I mean, that's the thing that's hanging over all of this. Is this is a situation that may not have had happened if Paco Alonso was still alive. And the this is the we've seen little bits and pieces of people leaving the company. Some people said they were going to leave anyway. Some people decide may have decided to leave after the change in ownership. But this is the really big explosion from Paco Alonso not being in charge because it seems like a situation he might have been able to handle more than the people who are in charge right now. 100%. This is just like when Antonio Pena died and things things were definitely going to change in AAA and they did change. This is the fallout of Paco Alonso not being around. And we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, this is the first thing to definitely clear up on this podcast before it gets out of control is that uh, Rush... CML did not know Rush was going to announce he was going independent because CML lives in their bubble, and no matter what rumors are going around, they did not expect it. Uh, they they probably presumed that Dragon Lee was going to say the same thing, which is why they got rid of both of them at the same time. Yeah, and, earlier in the day, there had been Dragon Lee had posted something said that news, and I think people had started to put things together after him being taken off the cards this week that maybe he was going someplace, but it didn't seem like. But according to him, he was not leaving at this point. And it goes the other way, too, that neither Rush or Dragon Lee had any idea that CMO was going to release that statement firing them, as you can probably tell by the way Dragon Lee responded over on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, with the surprise emotion in front of his post, which is funny. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we saw that same surprise emotion, I believe, last week when he posted a cryptic statement the day he was pulled off the anniversary show. Yeah, and it, it appeared that he did not know. He found out he was pulled off the anniversary show the same time everyone else found out. And it also appears that he found out that he was fired from CML by reading that press release on Twitter. That was just, I can I have it up right now, and you can see that it was just scribbled on someone's iPhone just to put up as quick as possible. So um, th this is this is not some, this is not like, both sides were trying to work out a problem and it didn't, it fell apart. It seems like both sides stopped talking to each other at some point and then they just decided to take lobs at each other and try to hit each other before the other person hit them. And it's not a great management situation to come to that. No, not at all. And I mean, we can even trace this back further if we wanted to go on the timeline. Like people are going to start asking questions that, like, I mean, why was Dragon Lee removed from the anniversary? Why has Rush been off following Mexico cards for a month? And I mean, the, fir the first thing I can clear up personally, since I was involved in it, is I mean, Rush got in trouble. Rush did not have permission to be at BOLA, to be working PWG. You mean Dragon Lee did not have? Or sorry, Dragon Lee did mm -hmm. not have permission to be working those shows. I mean, that's the reason Cavernario was removed, because Cavernario basically came with an ultimatum saying, hey, uh, I can still work the show, but I can't be on the same show as Pentagon and Phoenix. So one of the options he gave was, hey, why don't I work one night and they work the next night? Obviously, that's not how it works in the US. So Cavernario had to go his, his, had to make his own decision. And the decision that obviously PWG had to make was they're not gonna work their schedule around Cavernario. So Cavernario was taken off the show. Dragon Lee, on the other hand, said he didn't care what the office said. He was gonna work those shows. Now, this did not start, all of this did not come from just PWG, obviously. PWG was a reason in all this, and that's why he was taken off the anniversary show and why he was taking off all bookings recently for the week. But 
for example, he missed a show in Guadalajara two weeks ago because he had a niece that was born. That you know, he didn't miss that show because of PWG or anything. The one since then, yes, was because of PWG. But this had been developing for a while. Uh, would you like me to go into certain reasons, or do you have something to add in here? Yeah, I, I think we've I've talked around the reasons on the website. It's mostly there has been some pay changes since in the last maybe month or so that where pay has been lowered for most of the wrestlers on the roster and has been particularly lowered for people doing international bookings where they get a CML always takes a cut of any outside booking you're going to get as sort of a price for working for game booked by the promotion be appearing on their TV and being promoted by them. And that price CML has taken has changed and gone up in most situations. And no one really wants to talk about the money in these situations because that it makes CML look bad if they talk about how that about that. But I think that's probably that's probably the main thrust of it. And then like the PWG stuff, which is maybe the, the straw that broke the back, but that was not the whole thing. Exactly. There's the changes of, you know, everybody, the reason you saw guys like Triton, Sangre Azteca, there will be others who left, who were just mid-card, not even mid-card, they were like lower-card guys, was because the pay was reduced so dramatically that it literally made zero sense financially to stay in CMLL because you could book yourself out independently and make more money. Yeah, I think and, people who don't follow Mexico closely don't understand how many of their mid-level promotions there are right now. That I don't think Mexico overall is hot, but there's a lot of um, boutiques, middle-level promotions like Chaos and MDA and other groups who will pay for a Rush or a Dragon League to come in for an odd night and pay them more than CML is going to pay them. And that makes you can find work outside CML without having to give money back to CML if you take that independent route, if I'm understanding it right. Absolutely. And you can imagine, I mean, if Triton and Sangre Azteca are not having problems finding bookings, mm. clearly it's going to be very easy for Rush and Dragon Lee if they want to keep working regularly in Mexico to find bookings. And that clearly showed by the fact that Rush has already started to be announced for shows. So that is definitely something. The U.S. prices that you mentioned are definitely a, are definitely a reason. The fact that Everybody who works for CML is bored shitless because yeah. they're tired of wrestling the same people. They want to be working guys like LA Park, Penta, Phoenix. You know, that's fun for them. That's why when those guys come in, the CML shows are more fun because you can just see it in the way the regular CML guys work. It's just far more interesting to them. Now, clearly, we saw the change during the summer, or actually since the beginning of the year, basically, or since uh, Dos Leandas, I think, where... CML just wasn't booking Pentagon and Phoenix anymore. And the only time they booked LA Park was when they needed to fill the house so that it would look respectable when they ran... Uh, the Liger Retirement Show. Right, the, the Liger Retirement mm -hmm. Show. So that's, you know, that's, they, weren't, they weren't about to empty the pocketbooks to pay these guys because those guys wanted real money. And the thing that's happened in CMLL, if, I mean, I guess it's fair game to say it now, when were the when were those rumors about the Sofia Alonso change? That was like three months ago. Th two yes. or three months ago, maybe. Right. So at the time, it was false. I mean, Sofia was not removed from anything. People were just speculating, and the the thing is, though, the wheels were in motion, and Sofia is still a part of CMLL. 
she is still a decision maker. She still works in the sales department, you know, all the stuff she used to do. The problem is, well, the, pro the thing is, the problem is, however you want to look at it, depending on your point of view, is that uh, the other Luderoth, Chavo Luderoth, is back in the picture, and he controls all the finances now. And he has never had an interest in Lucha Libre, so he has basically cut back on, on the finances. There's, the wrestlers are going to get paid less. There's going to be less money put into the promotion. We saw that in the Grand Prix. If you're asking, hey, why was the Grand Prix the way it was? Well, the Grand Prix was the way it was, and the reason Big Daddy types are around now, dark magic types, are because CMO is not looking for new people right now. CMO is looking for the cheapest talent possible, and they're looking for guys who they don't have to play, pay, well, pay flights for. Big Daddy was living in Mexico at the time and still is. So that explains that, if you're looking for that reasoning, and that explains a lot of the unhappiness in CML right now. You can tell uh, there was no New Japan talent involved in the, in the entire situation. Ring of Honor talent was there, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Ring of Honor coming up in a couple minutes. But that's basically the gist of what's going on in CML right now. You have an entire, very, very, I've never in, I don't even know how long since I've been following CML, never seen or heard stories. And I was just in Mexico, so I have talked to people. This is not speculation. I've never seen a locker room this unhappy in all my time. And I do not think, I think if Paco Alonso was still around, he would not have made these changes that, because he, know, he knew how to handle a locker room and keep the people happy. So this is definitely a situation where Chavo Luderoff being back in power is, and you can tell based on Dragon Lee's message where he said thank you to Paco Alonso, you know, this is a direct result of Chavo Luderoff being around is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the, the way I'm thinking of it is that they put Sophia in charge, but they do not want to risk that a person who has no management experience is going to cost them a lot of money. So they just cut everything back where... They they put they cut everything back where even if she messes up, it doesn't hurt the rest of the family. But by doing that, they've made it impossible for her to actually succeed in any way. That they're going to keep this thing afloat and let her do her little whatever small changes she wants. But they're not but the idea here is that they don't really trust her to not mess it up. So they've made it hard for her to succeed. And that's gonna that's led to the situation we're in right now. And it's terrible for her because she comes off looking terrible here because I can just see the stories coming out tomorrow that CML is falling apart under Sophia Alonso's watch. You know what's going to happen. I don't think it's a coincidence that she's completely disappeared from view since these changes were made. I think she knows that she was happy to be out in front of it before she took over and right after she took over. But I think she sees, I think she's smart enough to see the, the lay of the land and she does not want to be in, in the position where she's going to be blamed for the changes, so she's reduced her visibility. Yeah, when I was at Arena Mexico two weeks ago, I made a point of noting that there was no Sofia Alonso sitting in her usual seat. And she was definitely there in the weeks after when Paco passed away. So, you know, that was kind of like a warning signal to people like, hey, something's up here. I was going to stay up to see the anniversary show, see if it showed up and it's up now, but I don't think I'm watching it right now. Um, the yeah, the anniversary show happened today. No one cares. No one this cares. Ha this has some effects on the other promotions CML works with because it's it's a it, it, I don't know how if you were Ring of Honor or New Japan you handle this. Obviously, Ring of 
CMO is not just why to fire these guys. They're very angry at these guys to do it like this. So can you still use Rush and Dragon Lee like you were planning if you were Ring of Honor and not risk messing up that relationship? Or do you even care? Can you, New Japan was planning on having Dragon Lee in the junior tag team tournament coming up and obviously teaming with a CML guy. Can you still do that without rocking the boat or damaging that relationship? And does New Japan, is New Japan in such a position to power in that relationship anyways that doesn't really matter? I'm sure New Japan would like to continue using Dragon Lee, but now that Dragon Lee is separated from CML, he might finally take a contract with some, someone, which he's held off doing before. Um, this is, or he, New, he might finally sign with New Japan, which people should have um, done from the beginning, which people thought he was going to do, like, or at least people by me thought he was going to do a while ago. So there's a lot of ways this still can play out. And it's just, it's just amazing that we've got to this situation. You brought up the key word, contract. That's another thing that I want to make clear on this podcast. Rush and Dragon Lee do not have contracts with CMLO. So the Never MLW had... story that we heard last year was not actually true at all? Yeah, you're going to be stunned to know. But yes, there are no written contracts with almost anybody, as far as I know, in CMLO. I mean, everything has basically been a verbal agreement. If they had written contracts, obviously nothing like this would be happening right now. Rush would not be able to just say, oh, by the way, I'm leaving, going independent. So, you know, you can rule that out right away. And, yeah, I mean, how it plays out in each promotion, we were talking about this before, in a couple minutes before we hit record to come on this podcast. And, you know, I'm curious to see, like, I, I put this to you, and I'm going to ask you here on the air. You tell me, because you never answered me when I sent you the audio. What care, what... What leverage does CMLL have in all this? Uh, I am not sure. I mean, I think New Japan makes some money from, I think they do well with the Fantastic Mania Tour on their own, and it's, an, it's a nice thing for them to have to give the regular guys a few weeks off after the, their hardest shows of the year, which are going to be even harder this year. And it would be tough for, the, for New Japan to just throw together an indie version or a Bandito-led version of that on the short term. But... Beyond that, I am not sure. I mean, this is not something we have time to get into today, but it's noticeable that the last three New Japan trainees who have come to CML have all disappeared quickly before they were supposed to and under mysterious circumstances. So CML, as a great training center for New Japan, does not seem to be working out like it did for a while. Ring of Honor just ran those shows, those Global Wars spe spectacular shows, and I enjoyed them, you enjoyed part of them, but they didn't really draw anything special. And they're just at the very early stages of that relationship. And today, what CML got, what Ring of Honor got from CML is one, a mess about how they can use their heavyweight champion without annoying a commercial partner. And two, a lot of people complaining about them, about CML being unable to stream a show when probably Ring of Honor had the least amount to do with it, but they were somehow caught in the middle because CML can't handle 2019 technology. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I'm Ring of Honor, I mean, a, uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view is another thing that someone could spend an hour talking about. But I'm in a situation where I've got to do the best thing for me because the things are not going well for me. So if the best thing for me is to use Rush and it ticks off CML, even costs my CML relationship, then I'm sorry that I don't get to use Stuka Jr. anymore, but we're moving on. For New Japan, I think it'd probably be the same thing. I think they would probably 
try to talk into working at least through January and then deal with the consequences after then. But I think Dragon Lee individually might be more important to them than the CML relationship. And Roosh is definitely more important to Ring of Honor right now than the CML relationship. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll go with New Japan first in the sense that, yeah, you said Dragon Lee is going to be in the Junior Tag League. And I mean, we're both presuming it's going to be with a CML wrestler. Right. That is, wait, so there, therein lies the problem. Like, New Japan is not going to stop using Dragon Lee. Let's just flat out say that. He's going to keep working New Japan. But does CMLL go to New Japan and say, hey, we don't want Dragon Lee teaming with one of our guys? Because how does that work? And I don't think New Japan is going to give a shit what CML wants because CML literally has no leverage, like I said. So you brought up Fantastic Mania. What happens if CMLL says, okay, well, we're not doing Fantastic Mania. That's going to be our leverage. We're going to pull it. One of the major things for CML talent is Fantastic Mania. That's where they make most, most of their good money throughout the year. That's where they sell a ton of merchandise. It's considered a huge perk. Like Maximo literally stayed in CML and turned down offers for about three years straight from AAA just because of Fantastic Mania. So if CML pulls Fantastic Mania, all they're doing is giving more reason for some of their talent to decide, hey, no Fantastic Mania? Okay, I'm fucking out of here. Bye. So that's where I look at it from the New Japan CMO relationship. As for the, and yeah, you already addressed everything when it comes to sending, I mean, it was notable that they also, who did, they just assigned two guys to go train elsewhere besides Mexico, right? Yeah, they said one is going to LA and one is going to the UK. I mean, right there, that's a red flag because usually someone would be coming to Mexico, especially since there's nobody there right now. Now, the intermediary to both New Japan, somewhat, but mostly to ROH, is Okumura, who rests. He's the guy who is the middleman for all these things. And, you know, he's in the unfortunate situation. And I say unfortunate, even though I'm really happy to see Okumura fail, all cards on the table. But he's in a situation where literally a month ago, we just had Delirious down there working out the relationship with CMLL because he was there for the Grand Prix as a replacement. And as far as everybody knew, you know, everything was in motion. The CML guys were going over there. So Okamura sold it to CML as like, hey, everything's cool with ROH there, no problems. And then all this happens. And you can bet that Okamura is going to be visiting the CML office tomorrow if he's not doing an emergency meeting right now, having to explain what's going on here. Because by all accounts, for a guy like Chavo Luteroth, who does not follow wrestling, does not follow Lucha Libre, He's probably going to look at it the same way Paco Alonso would have. And you got to remember, Paco Alonso hated Americans and was always uh, negative on doing any sort of business with American companies because something like this could happen where, you know, from the outside, it looks like Ring of Honor basically just stole ROH's top guys, or at least one guy with Rush winning the title and then announcing he's leaving the company. If you don't know any better, you just look at it and Rush is gone from CMLL because he's signed a contract with Ring of Honor. It's a brutal situation for CMLL, and Okamura is going to have some explaining to do about all this. And, I mean, what 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 do you do? Does CMLL pull all their talent from Ring of Honor? Again, that just shows all their talent. Hey, that's another reason I should be out of here because you guys have no connections with any U.S. companies, and Ring of Honor would be happy to book me if I just offered my services individually. And Okamura is not going to want that to happen because this is Okamura's job is to keep the relationship solid 
and farm out the guys to go work in Ring of Honor, where, by the way, he also gets to work because it's his job to farm guys out, if you can read between the lines of what I'm saying here. Yeah. So this is... Go ahead. If the New Japan Ring of Honor deal goes away, Nakamura's job in CML goes away. Yes. So this is, this is bad news for him on so many levels. Um, yeah, and, and uh, this is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just... I don't even know where I was going with it. So you go ahead. Well, I was just going to just go on and say, like, if you think this is the end, there are more implications to come from this. Like, it's a fact, not a rumor, a fact. Rush has tried to, Rush is good friends with Diamante Azul. Mm-hmm. He's tried to get Diamante Azul booked in U.S. places, and people just haven't bid in because most people know Diamante Azul sucks. Mm-hmm. But if Rush is now an independent in Mexico, he's going to want to take Diamante Azul to all the shows that he works. He might want to take Vangelis to show he works because Vangelis is another guy tied with them. Mm. The Munoz have their own little clan within CMLL of guys who are affiliated with them. So, you know, this is not the end when it comes to people leaving CMLL, whether it be from all the reasons we described earlier, money issues, other issues that we've gone into. Now you have to focus on, hey, you know, guys might just leave because they're friends with Rush and Rush is going to get them booked on all the shows he goes to. So there are a lot of layers that are going to keep unraveling from this situation. And I'm curious to see the fallout. I'm curious to see if maybe Rush shows up on a AAA TV taping, because how does that work? If does ROH want their champion appearing on AAA TV, if AAA is affiliated with ROH's actual competition, can Rush appear on the same show as a Kenny Omega? I don't know the answer to that right now. But clearly these issues are going to have to get ironed out, and they're going to have to get ironed out soon. Because you got to presume Rush has these offers coming in, and you got to presume he's going to be appearing in places like this soon. And does New Japan want Dragon Lee appearing on AAA shows? I mean, there's so many things. And of course, we haven't even talked about Mystico and all this. Yeah, Mystico, when the announcement came out for Rush and BCL of the Ring to leave, he posted a statement wish, saying his heart was broken, but he wishes them well. And he kind of gave the impression he was staying in CML. He did not make any statement. He has. Well, I should check over there. I should check in my tab that has that. Um, he last I checked, he did not make any statement after after Dragon Lee and um, Rushus got fired. No, he hasn't said anything on Twitter at least. So we assume he's staying. I think he. Uh, it, it's known that he's working on his US visa, but does not have it, so he would not have the opportunities the other places would. He would all, he would have to change his name. Um, but a Mexico changing his name is nothing new in Mexico at this point. Um, uh, so, oh shit, but, we're gonna get a new we're gonna get a new Mystico, aren't we? Maybe that's why Star Junior has been working so hard lately. No, they're gonna give it back to the old one, and everyone's gonna be happy. Um, hey, that's true. Yeah. So at, right now, it's a situation to watch, but at this point, we believe he's staying in CML. I, the point you're going back to Dragon Lee and Rush maybe showing up in AAA. You know who's going to make the call and just probably hitting their WhatsApp constantly right now is Alberto. Because that Nation Lucha Libre is holding on barely at all. But those guys could make a big difference for them, or at least they could at least keep them alive for a little bit longer. And Lil Mosker seems to be a big part of that promotion already. So I don't know if they can use them on that TV, if that would be less of an issue with AAA, but I could definitely see them making the call right now. Obviously, Lil Mosker is one of the big winners in all this because he was just lost on the indies on his own, and they're probably going to do a Los Ingo Bernabales trio with him and Beastie and Rush again, even if they not can't call use it. The Ingo Bern- 
Yeah, exactly. They can't call it anymore. That group is done unless Terribly is just going to go around by himself. And that's just a weird situation that that group is going to exist in <laughs> Japan and not in in Mexico anymore. But that's the situation they're going to be in. Um, it just, there are a lot of dominoes that could come from this. I mean, every there's always ideas of different motions wanting to get TV or thinking that they can stir up something. And Rush being out there as a big name that you can build a promotion around is going to tempt a lot of people to try things that maybe they can't accomplish, but maybe they want to try to accomplish anyways. Um, the the one yeah, thing we yeah. do know is that Rush is signed to is signed to Ring of Honor to 2020. So this is not Rush going to WWE quite yet, unless something happens for Ring of Honor. He's there all the way through next year. Dragon Lee, like you said, no one has a contract with CML, and he never signed the contract with Ring of Honor. There was, it seemed like he was close to doing it at one point. He has never signed a contract with New Japan. So if it has been his decision that he specifically did not want to sign the contract, as best as we've understood, that he wants to be a free agent and wrestle wherever he wants. Maybe the situation will change it, and he will he will be interested in going to an AEW or WWE or signing full-time with New Japan. But that's going to be... He's in a market... Even if the free agency market had been wiped out with people being signed to companies over the last six months to 18 months, Dragon Lee would still be a big name. In this situation, Dragon Lee as a free agent is going to be crazy. Yep, I agree with you. And you you said the words right there, and I've been saying it all night on Twitter. Like this, you gotta look at this like a domino set, and the first domino has been pushed and the rest is gonna follow. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It'll be interesting to see the fallout. I mean, there's a I mean the fallout. The fallout is could get even crazier than what it is now because, you know, how much did ROH know about all this? What if all of this was sprung on ROH at the last second and this is causing problems for them, for the guy they literally just put the title on four hours ago? Yeah, it's it's insane. I think from a CML standpoint, I would assume that their thinking is that they made Dragon Lee, they made Rush, they think they have the best training center in all of the world. So even though they lost these guys on the big names, they have in their mind that they can just pull a couple more guys out of the training center and they will be able to create their new new stars. They'll be able to make Silverano into what Dragon Lee was. They'll find someone else to be Rush. But as we've looked at the recent trainees, there are some people who have come out who have been impressive for being smaller guy, but smaller guys like Sonic and Super Astro. But the there has not been a giant star outside of maybe Audaz and Templario. And even Audaz, I don't think has risen as far as we thought, and Templario is a very good Rudo, but I don't know if he's going to be a top guy. Um, they're counting on them to count on themselves to keep on turning out people. And most of the people they've turned out lately are like more the organizational soldiers, the guys you can just stick anywhere and they won't make any difference, but they won't help much like the Grackos and the Coyotes have been. So this is going to be a challenge for them to keep to find new people, and they have not been doing so great at that lately. Audaz, first match on the anniversary tonight. Templario, not on the show. Well, he was a second. <laughs> yeah. So, Soberano Jr. was a fill-in for Dragon Lee, yeah. although we assume he was originally on the card and Dragon Lee was never going to make it. But uh, the good thing is for CMLO is that they don't need guys because they, are, they run such a tourist-heavy thing that they could literally sub anybody like we saw when... Dark Magic subbed into the main event for somebody and nobody even noticed. Like, uh, you know, 
the thing I want to stress to CML fans right now is like, I never worried about CML and I still don't really worry about CML because CML is very self-sufficient. But the company is in a tough situation right now and it is really sad to see the state of the company. There are a lot of wrestlers who are gonna see what's going on right now. And you know, the worst thing for CMLL right now is to have Rush and Dragon Lee and guys like Triton and Sangre Azteca doing well on their independent runs because that's only gonna make the guys who stick around and have talent. And there are few of those in CMLL. I will put it out there. Like there are not many guys left in CMLL who are actually good. And the bad news for you CMLL fans listening to this is it's only going to get worse. They are not looking to bring in talent, as I mentioned earlier. Who have we seen come in recently? We've seen Princesa Suhei's kid show up. He's not good. He's an opening match nobody. We've seen La Infernal, who is the fucking mother of a guy come in. Yeah. You know, this is only going to get worse. They are only going to bring in more terrible students or independent guys like Tyson LaBestia, who are related to people who work in the company right now. This is going to be the new CMLL. They are not looking to, they are, this is not the CMLL you used to know. They are just looking for bodies to fill up space. And I mean, you'd be better at something like this because you're the numbers guy, but the roster size has gotten smaller and smaller to the point we're noticing way more redundancy on all the cards every week because they're just picking from the same group of guys. Yeah, when Singer Azteca left, it just meant Espirito Negro was getting more bookings. They didn't find someone really new. When Mercurio apparently left, they gave more bookings to Pirotido. They they're not they have not added new mini in I guess Calgaga has come on board, but that's the one new mini in the last maybe six or seven years. They mm-hmm. don't uh, they add new guys at the very lower division, but they it's not that many. It's it it's and they and they are not pushing one of the reasons why Sobriano was a replacement in Temporary was that was not on the cards is because they're still giving spots to you, uh, Ray Bucanero and other people who have far past their prime. And as much as they contribute to the company, that they're kind of in the way of creating new stars, but they they are happy taking the money that they're being given and they will do what CML wants for them. And so they're not going to be interested in not going to be worrying about pushing those guys out at this point. And you've got Atlantis, whose body is breaking down, and he doesn't have much longer left. You were the one who noticed that Masquerani Dos Mil is not leaving wrestling. He's just leaving CMLL because yeah. he's another guy who can make more money taking his own indie dates. Yeah, and when even Masquerani Dos Mil, who probably gets paid more than he's, his value to the company at this point because he's a legend and he's been there for so long, um, decides that's better to go on his own. That says a bad thing about how much people are getting paid. Right, and one thing that I did here is like all the pay cuts that were instilled, it was only like five or six guys who were the older legends, the ones who Chavo Luderoth, for example, would actually know. The Negro Casases, the Atlantis, the Blue Panthers, Ultimo Guerreros. Yeah. Those are the guys unaffected by all this. I mean, Ultimo Guerrero, who, by the way, won the anniversary main event over Negro Casas, for those yeah. who give a shit, yeah. you know, he's the guy who's got all the power right now. The fact that he booked himself to win the anniversary, I mean, that's fucking amazing, but... The, uh, those are the guys, the Bolador Juniors, that are unaffected by the changes. But everybody else, I mean, look, even Rush and Dragon Lee, they're not veterans. Even though I would say they're top stars, than, well, Rush at least is a bigger star than everybody we named. You know, he was affected by this. And the final thing I guess I want to point out is we're still waiting for Rush to release his video. 
I think it's only happening Monday. I believe that was the plan. I don't know if anything's going to change because of the fallout of what happened tonight. But for those of you who think that anything we talked about on this podcast is going to come up in that video, I mean, Rush is a professional. And like you said earlier, these money matters are not addressed publicly by wrestlers. So when that video comes out, I can almost guarantee you that the only thing he's going to address in that video would be something along the lines of, hey, the reason I left CMLL is because they weren't giving me interesting matches. I want to do the mask match with LA Park. They weren't going to allow it. So we have to go find a promoter who will do it. Don't buy the bullshit. You know, that match, the only reason he would say something like that is because the promoters are going to run to them to start booking them on shows and it's going to fill up Russia's calendar. But, you know, that wasn't one of the reasons that all this happened. That's just what he's going to say in the video. So don't fall, don't fall for the reasoning he's going to give. No. And I think if it ever happens between those indie guys on indie promotion, it'll be like the, the, I want to say the, the Volano's Brazos match, or maybe the Ellie Perpiroff match where it happens on some strange indie promotion that no one ever sees. So this is not, have, they're not, they're have, not heading to Stadio Azteca with this match anytime soon, if it ever happens at all. Right. And I mean, it's, pretty much common knowledge that the L.A. Park versus Pierroth Jr. was basically drug money. That's why it would happen in Nuevo Laredo. Was, I, I was going to so, talk around that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so unless they find somebody now who can run it, maybe our friend Alfredo wants to meet some of his friends and book it out in Monterey. Yeah. But uh, I think the problem with that you mentioned earlier about Nacion is uh, I don't know how much money Nacion has left considering how much they've blown through. Yeah, I, I, I think you can talk. You might be able to talk investor to throw in some more money for at least one more time to, um, to, to give those guys a chance. Or you might be able to, or Alberto might find someone else. It's not Nation, but it's some other promotion that gets a work with a program because he desperately needs an opponent and Rush would be the best possible opponent for him. So if he's interested in doing the wrestling thing, I think that still makes sense. Yeah, and uh, this week we saw Cabernario announced for the British J-Cup for RevPro. Yeah. And I'm just really curious to see if CMLL just pulls him from that because, I mean, we saw what happened with Dragon Lee and PWG and the mistrust for CMLL as relates to outside companies now is only going to be multiplied by a thousand. And if yeah. they pull Cabernario from that, we've heard a guy like a company like AW has had interest in Cabernario. Maybe this just fuels people to start contacting CML Talent privately. They're like, hey, we want you. And CML Talent might be more open to it now, considering once you lose Rush and Dragon Lee, everything is off limits now. Yeah. I, th- I, think the pr- I think what saved CML in the past is that it's hard to get a hold of CML Talent unless you are in Mexico already or can make some connections into Mexico. But I think with um, things opening up, with people getting Twitter accounts, it starts to become a little bit e- easier to make those th- um, move so uh yeah, yeah one the, of the, go ahead one of the things i just want to say that most telling things that we were joking around about but i was dead serious underneath the jokes is remember what was the hashtag that like everybody bonded together to use it was like one more year one on your moss yeah i mean listen i have never seen the cml guys in my i've been following this for 20 plus years i've never seen the cml guys that angry publicly to create their own hashtag where they're joking around about how terrible the company is. That was definitely a huge warning sign if you were paying attention that things are not kosher behind the scenes. People are angry. And the thing is, you know, people want change. I think that 
they would be happy if Sophia had all the power and was actually making some change. I don't know where it would have gone. I don't know. Maybe she would have made some terrible decisions too. I'm not saying she would have she would have been the savior, but definitely they did not want another Chavo Luderoth type to run the company. And the worst thing he could have done was immediately step in and do something that affected basically the entire roster's paycheck. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it not only hurts the money, it takes away money, but it shows how disposable they thought it, these wrestlers were. And I guess these wrestlers, mm-hmm. they're going to show how disposable they are by leaving and seeing if that makes a difference. So these, these aren't the first two people to leave, and they probably will not be the last two to leave this anytime soon. Yep, and we'll see how AAA benefits from this, if they benefit at all. Yeah, I, I, I think we've been sort of aware that AAA has been, I mean, just by common sense that AAA has been sniffing around about CML talent from the moment Paco Alonso passed away to see if people were unhappy. And obviously people are unhappy now. So um, AAA already has a pretty good roster. They may not want to add just anyone from CML, but I think they're probably going to be looking around to see if, the people they want are available and then maybe we might see some more moves. Yeah. So unfortunately I don't get to do my bowler recap, which I plan yeah. to do on a podcast like this. We might do this. We might do that later in the week. Um, I like Bola. Did you like Bola? I did like Bola. I thought Bola was amazing. Yes. Thank you very much for asking. Okay. Well, well <laughs> that's your that's your bowler recap. Um, Damn we, it! We've successfully not done the podcast on two different trips, so maybe we'll do another podcast later in the week to talk about that and see what else happens from all this. But it is forty-one minutes, so we only want to go thirty-one. So I'm going to cut it off here. Thanks everyone for listening. If you're listening this Sunday early Saturday morning, then you really have no life. But thank you for listening. I probably have. I'm going to. Since we have this podcast up, I'll probably wait a little while to do a post to see what else changes in the morning. So um, thanks for listening. We'll probably be back sooner than later.